Hey everybody and welcome back to In Star Trek We Trust, a Star Trek podcast. We're discussing this week the episode Terra Firma Part 1. I don't know what episode number it is for the season, I've already forgotten. I think it's episode 8. Let's just say it is. Uh, I'm Kevin, one of your hosts, and my other host is here with me. Mr. Coughlin, and you got it on the station, you always have it on! Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright, well, okay. People listening to this are not going to know what the hell you just said, so explain explain what you just did. Alright, so Even. Kevin showed me this video from his high school from 1990. And not, he didn't go there, don't worry, I want you to know that. Mm. But um, in 1990, he was much That's earlier. About ten years earlier, yeah. Ten yeah, he was ten years. There. He was ten years earlier. Yeah, Kevin was. Okay, was so years, no, I was ten years later from that I, video. <laughs> I'm kidding. So uh, there was this fellow who walked into a classroom and just had one of the thickest, most um, authentic Boston accents, and everybody did. Giving these but kids a hard time for having the radio on in a classroom. Yeah, and I've been enjoying uh, doing a little impersonation. I mean, even though we are from Boston, we um. And I have the accent, but I don't have it. I don't have it thick. And I don't even think I've ever heard you speak with it. It's still really funny to listen to it, to listen to other people, you know, talk with it. Sometimes I just, mm. I don't know. Yeah. The, the interesting, I have this one aspect of the Boston accent I still have. I can't control it, no. and it's the forgotten one. When people do the Boston accent, this is probably one of the things that gets missed because yeah. you hear so many bad ones. But it's. When a, uh, a word ends in, and then we add an R to the end of it. So yeah. the word I, idea, I have a good idea, becomes I have a good idea. Yeah. That's part of the Boston accent that is neglected. It's not all, you know. Yeah. I was running because I'm a runner. Well, in that video, somebody did that because they had a thick Boston accent. And uh, at one point he said, all right, well, uh, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. I think the Boston accent is, is just really, really funny. And I think because I'm somebody who has, like I said, I never got, I never had it bad and I never had it thick, but I think I've definitely lost some of it as I've matured because I do voiceover. And so you need to kind of get rid of the accent. Right, and to do this lovely podcast. We have people that want to hear us here going, yeah, so uh, what happened on Star Trek? But at the same time, um, I've also, for whatever reason, over the years, just made a conscious effort to hide it. And I think the reason I do that is because when I do a lot of online gaming and I'm in Discord with people and some people I don't even know, they hear me speak with that accent and then they, they laugh or they just poke fun. And it just... It made me self-conscious, so I would actively just try to hide it. And now I've made another conscious of it to just let it to just let it come out. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, because it's one of those things. I don't want to lose it either. That's the thing. Well, I don't think you can ever lose it. You always have it deep down. Yeah. It's not even that it's a uh, <clears throat> all regional accents. They're not just regional accents. They're also class accents because it's the people yeah. from the working class and lower class that have it and people from the upper class generally don't so you learn that uh, shame in your class when you're young yeah we, when I was when I found this video on YouTube of my high school from that year like I remember I showed it to you and it was funny because when we were listening to some of the students at the time talk and they're probably they're probably going to be pushing 50 now um, I was saying to you 
like I don't think I I don't hear but I don't think I've ever heard Boston accents like I I haven't I don't feel like I don't hear accents like this anymore I don't hear Boston accents like this anymore like I it just is, feel like yeah it is rare and I teach high school and it's very rare that I have students with the classic Boston accent I have yeah. one right now only one and I'm you know in a, a small city in the ex-urban ring around Boston yeah. so should be a lot of it but there's, I really only have one. So, yeah, it definitely is changing. Also, um, yeah, I imagine somewhere it's more prominent. I have to believe that a lot of it has to do with things like what we're doing right now. The advent of just being able to jump onto a call with somebody, you know, on the web from any part of the world. And I feel like it's just, like, I've noticed. You know, we have our own dialect. We have sometimes our own way of seeing of saying things. And but and I but I think because I'll get on, like I said, to a Discord ch- chat or something like that, or even before that Skype while I'm gaming. And plus, because I'm gaming with so many people around the globe, I feel like a lot of my terminology then begins to rub off on other people, and it gets absorbed in other places. And, but and I and I think it also has the reverse effect. I think because nowadays we interface with so many, we converse with so many people who don't have a Boston accent. Sometimes the accent begins to fade a little bit. And right. We're picking right. up other. We're we're like sponges. We're picking up other people's sort of dialects too. Yeah, and it used yeah. to be that obviously we all we've had television and radio for a long time. Yeah. Although radio, you often get a Boston accent because it's more local. Right. But. Television, even, um, I'm sure it affected it somewhat, but that's usually how it does change. In, in England, the proper British accent for a while was known as BBC English because yeah. it's not really how anyone talked in any specific place in England. It's just the, what they used on the BBC. It was, um, yeah. you know, understandable. But there's some things that you say with the Boston accent that <clears throat> it's it's a regional dialect, like certain words you'll say that only come into Boston, but you can only say them with a Boston accent. So, for example, people here like to say, oh yeah, you know, it's it's wicked pissa. But imagine saying that as somebody from the Midwest. Would you say wicked pisser? Like, right. It doesn't, or, it doesn't work even, that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or even, um, uh, oh, pardon me, I'm going to uh, refresh myself with the bubbler. Well, until this day, I don't even know. You say bubbler. I don't even know what it means when somebody says oh, it's fucking pissa because I just feel like it it works for so many things. Yeah. That I don't I don't really word, know what it means. I feel like pissa has been. <laughs> it's, just, it's more been what other places think people in Boston say. I think for longer than it was ever a thing that people in Boston actually said. Yeah. Because I don't really ever remember I, in my lifetime. No, I do a little bit, maybe in the late eighties. Yeah, but it, it was maybe like a year or two that it was a, an expression, and somehow it just became known as the Boston thing. I guess because when you say it, we get pissed out. It sounds so silly. That well, I think I've only heard it been used as with sort of negative connotations, right? Like, yeah. I, the last time I heard somebody say it, I don't remember what year it was, but. It was literally like, you know, so how's everything going? And just like, ah, oh, you know, it's pissa. Oh, so it's sort of a sarcastic. And he thing. went on just to describe, like, how bad everything was. So I'm like, oh, clearly. But that's, it's not something I've ever really said. You know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of regional dialect that pissa. I just never adopted, that I just never used. Like, I don't. 
I don't say I never said bubbler. I didn't know I what I'm, you know, I didn't know I'm from the South Shore. So I didn't and it's different from like say the North Shore or something like that. And they're just or the or the Merrimack it's Valley. Cause it's, it's different cuz it's worse. Yeah. So <laughs> I I never really had it I never really had it strongly and there was just a lot of dialect I just didn't adopt. Um so Yeah, I didn't either because um I don't know. I don't know why. Actually. And some of it's died out, I think. Like, soda used to be called tonic. I couldn't tell you the last time I heard somebody say that. Yeah, when, when I, yeah I, when I worked with an older guy, and he called it tonic. Give me, grab me a tonic! Yeah. In the fridge! Yeah. <laughs> or is get, you, so, get yourself a tonic! Before we dive into the episode, so t- <laughs> just that one time, so um, people obviously can't uh, see what, see us right now, but for a while, and I think you still you were teasing me about my hair growing so long. My hair's getting is pretty long, and I was telling you about how like I had reached that point where like I hadn't really most of my family hadn't seen me like this yet, and you were like painting like that uh, oh, yeah. hypothetical situation. She's doing your hair, and it, <laughs> it was the the way you say hair was the it was the North Shore of Massachusetts thing. What's with your hair? Hair, yeah. <laughs> That is a very two-hour area, right? But I like. Um, like and what did an you outcast song? Hey ya! Uh. And what did you say the other? What did you say when we were at Best Buy the night? You you were because uh, I was saying like I'm going to my parents tomorrow, and you you made up names for them, and I'm like I'm like who are they? So Tim and Barbara. Yeah, like what are you going to say Tim and Barbara? I'm like who that? I'm like who's Tim? And, I'm like who the hell is Tim and Barbara? <laughs> yeah, so I was you know I. I I, I, um, you realize you didn't know my parents' name, which rightly so. I mean, why would you? Yeah. I like right. to, uh, do voices and I do it on the podcast sometimes. So I'm sure listeners know that. Right. So sometimes if I'm in a certain mood, I'll just take it a little, little too far, maybe. So yeah, I was just going off in that direction of the, uh, you know. Yeah, because I was just off, I just got on the phone with my dad. Tim and Barbara. Yeah, I just got on the phone with my dad and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going over there, uh, <laughs> tomorrow. And you were like, you're going to go over there and, gonna see tim and barbara and i'm like i'm like who the hell's tim? I'm like who the hell's tim and barbara it's just a good you know uh and you're like i don't know your parents names I'm like i'm like oh well. urban boston no you white, said ted white, you, no you said white, ted. Uh, baby boomer parent names it wasn't no it wasn't tim you said ted because i said i don't have a barbara in my family but i, I do have a ted Oh yeah, Ted and Barbara. Yeah, Ted. Well, and that's Barbara. like a sitcom couple, Ted and Barbara. Well, you reminded me of um, that scene in the original Ghostbusters when Rick Moranis' character is throwing the party, and like those two people come, Ted and Annette. This is Ted and Annette Fleming. Like that's what you're. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah. think of. I love that. Ted and Annette Fleming. There was a Facebook page. Somebody made a Facebook by like what they do, right? He's a very good host. Actually. Somebody made a Facebook page dedicated to Ted and Annette Fleming. <laughs> Just <laughs> because. I wonder if they made it out of the building. Yeah. Yeah, but um, my hair is still long, so yeah, yeah. So, so how's life? Well, aside from all of that, um, cool, I guess. Uh, playing a lot of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Um, not to make a thing out of it, but I just celebrated my birthday. So aside, but aside from that. You know, doing Christmas shopping and stuff. So, yeah, that's yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Just picked up uh, 
Star Trek Picard on Blu-ray, <laughs> and uh, it's actually now available on digital, so I got it on digital as well. So uh, I began to casually make my way back through the series again, and uh, <clears throat> still a good show, Picard. Mm-hmm. Tasteful is such a great word for it. God. It's very tastefully done. Indeed. Indeed. And the extras, the bonus uh, features. I haven't made my way through them yet. Um, but they look good, though, from the right up. Yeah, they don't give you the same extras on uh, the digital version. But the show... So I'm, I'm actually, I actually have to get a new uh, Blu-ray player, but I'll tell you, the show looks really... I think in the um, digital version, it's not... It's 1080p, but it's... it's um, it looks okay, but when you actually... The Blu-ray, though, my God... Like, it looks so good. And I just got a 65-inch QLED screen, TV screen, for my living room, I think, as you saw. And um, it looks so good on that on a screen that size. Oh, my God, does it look good. Nice. Yeah. Count the liver spots on Sir Patrick's head. Oh, I know, right? But, uh, yeah. And just, yeah, again, gaming. Anxiously looking forward to some time off vacation. And, um, you know, my... I got a plant for my living room, and that arrived today, so that's exciting. Got a, I got a ficus, a fake ficus. <clears throat> Trying to make the living room a little bit more uh, decorative and homey and nice and everything, so, yeah. Nothing too exciting, though, so. Got it. Nice. All right, well, you know what we're here you, for. Chess. They know what we're here for. Yeah. Well, I was expecting your chess update. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think I've maybe turned a new corner because um, I'm winning more. Um, I'm, winning, I'm winning a lot more matches handily where I'm sort of feeling in charge the whole way. Yeah. And I'm also getting a little bit more, a bit more confident where <clears throat> sometimes now I can sort of see how I'm going to checkmate the person. Yep. You know, only a few moves in. And then um, I've really been enjoying this thing where. I um I know what I need to do and I know that they don't see it so I just start sort of sacrificing my pieces and almost like steering their their steering their attention away from what I'm doing mm-hmm. by giving up a piece here and there and, and it sort of lulls them into this state of confidence where oh I'm taking all these pieces over on this side I'm like those are pieces I don't even need to do what I'm going to do and uh, I've had a few nice wins recently my favorite one recently actually was I checkmated them and they were one move away from checkmating me, and I checkmated them the move before, hmm. which was uh, perfect. And I and I could see it all coming, and I knew exactly what I was going to do when I was going to checkmate. Yeah, I think so. I'm I think I'm interested. So I think when the show ends for the season and we have some free time, um, I think I'll be down to learn the learn it. Nice. I look forward to teaching some. That'll be fun. It's a great. It's great. It's good. It's fun stuff. It's a good. It's a good scene. A good online scene. Chess world. Yeah. And I, I need to learn something. I need to. I want to learn some new things. So, but speaking of new things, Terra Firma Part One. Mm-hmm. So and not to be, um, you know, a little. They're doing it a little different this time. They're going to have Part One. And it's going to be immediately followed by part two. A little different this time, yeah. Uh, well, it's not so going to be part one and then no part two or 25 years. So I will say at a high level that 
I did enjoy the episode. Obviously, we, there's, there's more to tell, so I can't I can't really give a full assessment on my thoughts because the storyline is not over yet. But I I was intrigued. I was intrigued, and yes, I wanted to know more about the burn. And this has been, no pun intended, a slow burn. But I realized that with this, while I do want to know more about the burn, I'm sort of okay with them taking a backseat to it so long as you're telling me something else that is interesting. Unlike last week. You know, I was interested in what was sort of going on this week. I thought that the time spent in the mirror universe was a little bit long, but I was intrigued nevertheless. Yeah, I, I kind of pretty much concur with that assessment. Yeah. Um, they've given us at least a, a fine enough story. The mirror universe is always kind of fun. Right. Um, and I guess now there's a bit more of the um, the conflict because yeah. as much as Giorgio is in the regular, our, their regular universe, and she's bringing her right. mirror universe sensibilities, now she's back in the mirror universe bringing her regular Discovery universe sensibilities with her. Right. So, um, you know... Anytime the characters grow and change, that's good. There was, so it's interesting to see how it's going to work out for her. Now, last week we sort of discussed the the scene that became the opening scene this week, which was David Cronenberg's character, who was named Kovic. I only knew this from the closed captioning. I don't think they've spoken his name out loud on the show, but his name is Kovic. Uh, we went in. We went into a little bit of it last week because that was the scene that they released. But obviously, they really they the scene went on a little bit longer this week so we find out in that opening scene with Culber that you know his suggestion was that you try to make her comfortable and just put her down in a cell in the brig and just kind of let this sort of infliction affliction let her kill her but we find out that through discoveries merging with the sphere data that it actually has a solution and has a planet to send her to that has a 5% chance of healing her. Now, one thing I just want to point out really quickly before we look at this in more detail, just sort of on the sphere data itself. Do you find it a little troubling that Discovery has merged with the sphere data? There seems to be some sort of intelligence at hand. I I find it troubling that nobody on the ship seems to find this troubling. <laughs> or that it has... Uh, I don't know that I find it troubling I don't find it troubling. I find it troubling that it hasn't been a bigger deal. Well, yeah, that's... Yeah. Like, because, nobody seems to find it odd. Yeah, uh, let's just... I'm, I hate that we always do this, but it's, I think it's always um, worthwhile to do. But right. let's let's imagine a next generation episode where the ship came sentience. It's going to be there was the one. one. There okay. was one, and they're going to make that was probably the main focus of the episode. Am I right? The name of the episode that you were talking about is an episode uh, in season seven. It's toward the end of the show called Emergence, where the Enterprise somehow forms an intelligence, right. and it's acting out all of its sort of like and the holodeck. It's running the holodeck, and it's all these weird things happening on the holodeck, but it's almost like the holodeck was sort of like the Enterprise's version of an imagination. Okay. And, a dream. But, 
Yeah, but the Enterprise essentially gained an intelligence, and the crew found it very strange. Right. So obviously, and that's the situation of the week, right? Yeah, but so, also, yeah. you know, since we've they've sort of established that they have most of the 20th century culture that we know. Like, hasn't anyone seen 2001? Right. Don't, don't they know that it could potentially go bad? Shouldn't someone have checked it out and made sure? And there's probably... AI is probably more common in the future, and you just right. think it would be worth a, a little, a little, um, a little attention from the show. It's it's odd to me that you trust it. Is it going to follow our orders? Is right. it going to make up no mind? Because they're like, well, so far it only seems to want to protect us and show us movies. <laughs> well, okay, but I mean, what happens when its idea of protecting you is different than what you want it to do? Well, exactly, and and why? How come like Vance isn't like? Can we take a look at this before we? You know, yeah. I, I just I, I I don't like that. That is, it it feels kind of like an afterthought. Like, oh yeah, that's one of those things that we need to sort of deal with. But it, I feel like this should be a bigger deal. And it's not. And I feel like it's going to become a big deal when it's irrelevant within the plot to do so, when you could have been addressing this earlier. Right? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's an odd choice to make it almost an afterthought. Yeah. Or just, uh, oh, the ship's empty now. Okay, cool. And then it continues. And it just continues on, yeah. That's what they decided to do. And so I guess it's not one of the... Th- Concerns or weird things about the show that I've I've decided to focus well, on, show, but it is very weird. Like I'm not focusing on it, but what happens is the show just occasionally reminds yeah. me that Discovery's merged with the Sphere data, and there's an intelligence that were at play within the ship, and I'm like in the bowels of the ship's computer mainframe, and I'm just, and then I'm like, oh yeah, right, that. Yes, like, because it was it was strangely mentioned, and then not. Yeah, the few episodes went by where it didn't come up at all. Just Which as is too bad because just as imagine it did season two. if they made the ship like another character, that could be really cool. Right? Maybe it had a little attitude, got a little sassy well, sometimes. Remember last season? We thought the sphere did it went away, then it came back. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's not to me. It's not a make or break thing. I in, in some ways, I don't know if I really care that much, but it's just I just feel like within the universe, it should be kind of a bigger deal, and it's not. Yeah, like, yeah. here's a weird question. Who is the head of engineering? Uh, so, I don't know. We, I don't know who... We have not seen engineering yet. Like, that lab, that's not main engineering. That's just a lab. Right. That's the so, sphere data engineering. We don't have... Well, that's the sphere data, the sport, um, drive. The sport drive. drive, yeah. So, like, Stamets is no not... engineering. Stamets is not chief engineer. Tilly is absolutely no. not chief engineer. So, we... There is no chief engineer. We... Right? Well, I think that there probably is. We just never met them because we've... Right. On Discovery itself. I remember reading this sometime ago in the first <laughs> season where, like, where they were talking about that set that they were in, and, they, and somebody had said, yeah, that's not main engineering. Yeah, of course. So we we still haven't seen main engineering. That's very bizarre. Every it Star is. Trek show that has a ship, engineering has been very important. Well, also on Voyager, we never saw the shuttle bay. I'm less concerned about the shuttle bay. But well, I, I know, but I always I always thought it was strange that on Voyager we never yeah. saw the shuttle bay. It's probably that shuttle bays are big and it's hard to make that set. We saw it. 
regularly on Next Gen and the original series. Yeah, you figure that also they would have those laying around and they could just use one. Right, and DS9 didn't really have a shuttle bay. No, why would it? Yeah. So, and Enterprise had a shuttle bay, right? Enterprise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why so, didn't they get a shuttle bay? Exism. Um, now, I want to present something to you that I actually like the idea behind. So, obviously, Kovic is featured heavily in the beginning of this episode, filling us in on what the deal is with Giorgio and... Again, we were dissecting the scene last week, and he, and how he seems to know a lot about not only the mirror universe, but time travel, the temporal accords, and all that stuff. And somebody postulated a theory that I really was into. Only there's nothing, there's no like nothing about it that's like, oh yeah, he's definitely that definitely has to be him. But somebody said, could he be future guy from Enterprise? And I love the idea of that. I don't see why he couldn't be. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. If they decided that's what they want to do, great. With. There's no smoking gun, but yeah. yeah. Well, did you see the interview with um, uh, Cronenberg? Uh, I saw I saw an interview with Cronenberg on TrekMovie.com, right. but I don't know if that's one. Yeah, yeah, and it comes from Variety, but he says he is an interrogator who's also kind of an academic historian. He plays yeah. his cards pretty close to the vest, as does the Emperor. He tries to pry open some secrets from her. She actually is doing the same to him. Yeah. That's it. So, I mean, an academic historian. That's interesting because I don't know. Like, if, I would think that if he was future guy, he would not call himself an academic historian because academics, the idea is sort of like academics are about study, not really action, whereas future guy was all about action. Well, I think future guy was all about. But the thing is, I don't think we really knew much about future guy. Right, um, but I could say he's not an academic because he was going around doing the thing. Doing he had like future things. guy almost had seemed to have an agenda. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I would say if Cronenberg understands his character well, then that's a strike if, against the theory. If this is revealed to be as such, I mean, would that disappoint you? No. I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think Discovery should feel compelled to wrap up the threads of another Star Trek show. But believe me, they're not even compelled to wrap up the threads of their well, own show. I know, I know. Um, but I don't know. I, I I like the idea of that. I think that that could be a cool idea, just because we didn't really know any. We knew nothing about Future Guy, and I mean, I'd be into that. I think that he's going to definitely hold the key to Giorgio and her. What eventually happens to her, like for her series. Wouldn't so. it be great if it was a temporal war series and it was instead of Planet of the Week, it's Time of the Week. Yeah. That would be cool. And, I mean, I don't know. Wouldn't it be cool if they camp it up a little bit, too, you know, so you get some yeah, uh, 1970s Earth <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is. But, or they go to 1984 San Francisco. Yeah. 1986 and bump into Kirk. Oh, they see them across the street. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, Or or Giorgio wears a fringy uh, leather jacket. But the the goal of this episode is that Giorgio obviously is now phasing out more and more. And they need to get her to this planet where where they think a cure lies. But she's... What I find about her in this episode is that she's very... I mean, she's very over the top. She's very, very, I mean, to the point where she's throwing food at 
Tilly and you know she gets into that sort of mock fight with Michael and it's basically what Kovic said is that she's more or less in survival mode they Terrans want to die in battle and so she's looking for opportunities to start some kind of a fight as to where she could you know die possibly so uh, it kind of I had said early in the season she's even before Cronenberg showed up I said she still seems over the top but this was before that this was before we saw her phasing in and out so yeah yeah well I'm glad that it at least is sort of fitting with something that we talked about earlier um, which is that <clears throat> when she started having the flashbacks she started to treat Michael specifically very differently right she started to warm up to her and was kind of looking out for her which I, I liked that, as I said. I thought that would be the more interesting story arc, but I guess this is, in a way, dealing with it because she starts to then treat Michael badly. Now, she's back in the Mirror Universe, and interestingly, Michael is mirroring George O from the other Earth, where Michael is trying to get George O to kill her. Right. Um, and George O won't do it. Because she has seen the other Michael and realized that she's learned a little bit about how there's a different way to all their just pure survival of the strongest. Mm. And I, I, I kind of like where it's going. And it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. Yeah, I, I, I liked seeing Michelle Yeoh being the focus of an episode. And... I don't. I'm not just throwing um, one-liner insults because that was getting old. Right, and I liked that they dedicated. You know, this was her episode, and as will be the next one as well, right? Um, but she, I mean, she did do a lot of. She exposed a lot of vulnerabilities in this episode, and I, you know, specifically, I think in that scene where they're saying goodbye, where Saru and Tilly are saying goodbye to her. Mm. You see her just kind of acting normal for once. And yeah, she actually gives some kind of begrudging respect right. to them. Right. And just a moment of, you know, humanity, well, which and th- is very lacking. And what I like about it is that even though she is the emperor of the Mirror Universe mm. and she's over uh, in the Prime Universe, or as she says... I was prime and you were mirror. Um, she was not treated any differently, and she had no reason to, you know, be so mean to everybody else. It was just her sort of primal instincts coming up. But Saru and Til- like they they all treated her nicely the whole time, and yeah. so um, it wasn't as if they were going to say, "Well, I'm not going to say goodbye to her." I mean, yeah, and it's it's that decency of right. the people that. Are that- is in contrast to Giorgio, and it's even winning Giorgio over, which is nice. But when they get to this planet, because they say the cure lies down on the surface of this planet, so Michael and her go down to this planet, it's a snow-covered planet, the show does something that I got very excited about, that I just feel like it doesn't do enough of. And as they're making their way through, looking for whatever it is they're looking for, they come upon just some dude sitting in a chair, smoking a cigar in front of a door in the middle of nowhere. And it just felt very Star Trek sci-fi. 
right? Like it was very much <clears> like <throat> it was it was a very sort of like Q. I thought he might have been a Q. He, could he still be a Q? I don't know. Right. But it's this guy named Carl smoking a cigar, reading a newspaper next to a door, just in the middle of a yes. Snowy, you know what else it reminded me of yeah. is the Twilight Zone. Yes. Oh, the door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, it it it's one of these things that I don't that Discovery doesn't do specifically. Like I don't realize that when it decides to do something that feels more Trek than normal, it makes me realize I missed it. I didn't realize how much I missed something until they do it. So, like, Discovery does not do a lot of the weird science fiction-y plots that Star Trek does, right? Like, this felt very much like an episode... This moment felt very much like something I would have seen on the... We would have seen on the original series, Next Gen, probably Deep Space Nine, where they just see this sort of, like, person posing as a human just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like, what is the original series, mostly. Uh, yeah, it reminded <clears throat> me of, like... Of his, the way he's dressed and... Yeah. Like Squire of Gothos, like reminded me of Trelane, just sitting there, like yeah. And we don't even know what a newspaper is, but right. And I, it's I'm not going to turn this into like let me tool on Discovery, but I just wish it would do more of things like that. Like we, you and I talked at length about how we miss the shows doing just going out yeah. into space or going onto some surface of a planet and just finding something weird. Yeah, Abe Lincoln in space, or whatever it is. Right. A Greek god living on a planet. Right. So, um, I don't know. I mean, did you have, what did you think about this? <clears throat> I mean, to me, it came off very much like City on the Edge Forever, right? It's this portal, like Guardian of Forever, just go right Right, in. so I yeah. saw something about the Guardian saying, like, could this be one, and they just can change their form, because in a mm. way, this is a door, right. like the stone thing. Um, I didn't read like the evidence on it, but do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, if it is fine, but if not, also fine. Also fine. I mean, it's a portal to take you back in time. At least that's what it seems like. My mind time is in dimension. My mind is leaning towards something like a like Q. Mm. It's just because it reminded me more of the um, episode of Next Generation called Tapestry, where Picard encounters Q. Picard dies on an away mission. He meets Q in the afterlife, and he's able to relive a moment in his past. And like it just had very much, very overtone, a lot of overtones to, had a lot of um, tapestry overtones to it. And, in my opinion, just you know, some godlike alien letting you go back in time, letting you go back in time, letting you step through this portal and go back in time. Now, what's not clear to me is what we're actually seeing. So, Georgia goes through; she's back in the mirror universe. Um, we should mention that she's wearing, you know, prior to this, she's wearing like a sort of like a version of a medical of a medical alert bracelet essentially and it's like pulsating red because mm. due to she's her health and everything and she goes through <clears throat> and it's green so she's fine now yeah so it's like so she seems to really be there she seems to really be there but what's not clear to me 
is are we seeing a version of what happened before or are we actually are we actually there are we actually you know what i mean right yeah uh yeah i, I guess i'm gonna i assumed that she is mm-hmm. but it could just be a mental exercise to work out your issues you know it could be like a therapy couch in right. a, much more realistic yeah so she goes through she's back to being the emperor and it's right before they christen the emperor's flagship that we see discovery battling in the mirror universe back during season one and we actually get to see the real mirror versions of the crew and captain killy next captain killy they mentioned Lorca. And it was funny, as we were back there seeing all of this, I mean, I never thought I would say this, but, you know, we got to see Commander Landry again, right? And uh, the Mirror Universe? I was, well, I I feel like, you know, I have to agree with you. I, I miss, I kind of miss season one, because you had said, I think, I think it was after we finished season two, you said, you know, because I think we were trying to agree on, like, do we feel like season two was an improvement or what? And I think you had said, you know, I kind of feel like the first season was because it felt like they were trying. You said it felt like they were sort of trying different things. Yeah, you get like, try- two, you get like almost two or three episode arcs or like focus right. on one thing for a couple of episodes then a different thing. Right. And in a way, having seen been seeing the mirror universe again i i I feel like yeah i I think i agree with that i think i agree with that assessment it made me long for sort of the season one days in some way yeah yeah and hey they're doing it here because we're getting two episodes in the mirror universe so yeah i I was a little disappointed though i i mean it could still happen i guess but i was hoping that Lorca would make a surprise appearance i you know what i didn't think of that until just now and yes that would have been cool yeah um but maybe he will next episode so she goes back to the through that portal and we spend the remaining 25 minutes in the mirror universe and what i wanted the show to do with this they kind of did it but i i wanted them I, i feel like they should have made it more of a thing but when you is to examine Giorgio herself by saying, you know, she's been away from the mirror universe. She's been away from the mirror universe for so long. Does it feel right to go back? Like, have I moved on from this? Do I feel like I'm back at home? Like, is this mm. still me? And I think I got I mean, hints of it, but I thought oh, I it think, should be more. Upfront. I think we got it a lot. So there's yeah. a few things. One, she won't. She doesn't want to kill Saru because she knows it's Saru, even though it isn't really Saru. Yeah. I think, yeah, and she also she wants him for information, but yeah, um, she doesn't want to kill Michael. Well, that's true. Yeah, you see the crew sort of exchanging looks. Like, is she? Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting to see is is it going to be that Michael is right and she has gotten weak? And the thing that got made me confused is what what was she doing before that made her weak? Right. Because this should all be new, given that she's just returned. Right. Um. But, so yeah, if she's very willing to kill Stamets, well, and what's not clear to me, yeah, Stamets is, is an asshole, so that makes sense, right? But what's not clear to me, and we learned that Stamets was part of Lorca's coup to try to rise up against her. We didn't know that initially. Yeah, Chili is not, but who knows? But again, what's not clear to me is like, 
is are we actually seeing events play out as they did or are we just seeing a kind of simulation of it all right right well, because definitely she's definitely altered them now that's that's the thing like has she has she sort of altered all of this as a result um because you know kovic's point is that since she was since she left the universes began to drift apart more and more and that to me is is very enticing mm-hmm. i'd like to know what the mirror universe is like say 930 years later but um you know we see the mirror universe on deep space nine but that's the last time we actually saw it so i'd like to know what happened over there right is it the emperor is taken away obviously we see the original ser- we see the mirror universe on the original series no mention of like an emperor i don't believe and then we don't see it again until deep space nine but spock tried to make some changes to the mirror to the well, to chronologically the- we see it in enterprise which is before this though i yeah nobody um, before everything here right so i'm very curious to know like what the hell's gone on with the mirror universe like her departure like caught like it didn't happen quickly it happened it took a long time over time because the terran empire as we still know it still exists in deep space nine's timeline by the time deep space nine comes along so it obviously took longer than 80 years for it to 90 years for it to for the universes to begin going off in their separate directions Mm mm-hmm I think it wouldn't be that changed because if we can see, it seems like there's always someone waiting in the wings to steal leadership, you know? Right, so I think right. her disappearance would just mean someone else, Captain Killy, would be Emperor Killy or something pretty quickly. Yeah. It seems a perpetual I mean, backstabbing. Where moment. do you feel, if you do, like, feel this is going? Uh, well, here's the thing that I like, and here's why I'm glad that we went back to the past. Yeah, because this should be about Giorgio and her her arc, and that's what they're doing. And I commend the show for this because this they seem to be doing it pretty well. We we know Giorgio has some issues with Michael. We know that she <clears throat> has still tries to maintain her badassness mm-hmm. and her kind of um, I don't need anybody, but we have seen that she's been coming around a little bit to their more um, civilized way of life. Yep. Uh, and now we sort of get the either for her. I wish it was more clear on right. what had happened the first time, but either she's going to get a chance to do things differently or deal with her guilt or something. I mean, I can't help but wonder if this is still planting a seed for this eventual Section 31 series. I mean, are we back to the possibility that she is going to get sent back, at least maybe not to her universe, but to her time? Like she's going to get sent back to the 23rd century? I mean... Do we think that she's not even going to stay? That she's going to stay there with them? I don't have any thoughts yeah, on that. That's. I don't have any thoughts. Because I think what's happening is that we. 
we're trying to fit this in with okay but where does this section 31 series live right you're kind of everything that Giorgio does it's raising another question saying like well how does this fit into section 31 is this setting up section 31 where does section 31 fit in with this you're trying to use I mean I am trying to use it at least to give me some kind of insight into where her this series focused on her is going to go and yeah, see, here's the thing. Yeah. I think because this it was a good episode, I didn't think that once through the whole episode because oh, I yeah. was into the story. So in that way, I think hats off to the the writers on this yeah. one. You know, give credit yeah. where it's due because I didn't even concern me. Now, here's my theory, I guess, is that um, it's all about the character, and this is just something to move the character along a little bit. Right. So I think she's going to come back to discovery but she will come back changed in some way i'm wondering like i was thinking to myself does she get sent back to that time to kind of is it temporary to sort of like you know recharge your batteries essentially <laughs> right like that's does she have to stay back there long enough that it, so that if they send her back to where she came from in the 930s later like oh she's good for a while mm. and she's got to go back and you know what i mean yeah, I think though, I think it's not about the technicalness of it. I think it's yeah. all about the characters. Um, yeah, emotional core. And I can't help but speculate on things like this because, again, I think in a way, I wish they didn't announce the Section Thirty One series because <laughs> I can't get that out of my headspace with regard yeah. to Giorgio and everything I'm seeing happen to her, because I'm trying to connect the pieces. Yeah. I but think I don't know what the other piece is, so... Here's what I've satisfied myself with, is it has something to do with Cronenberg, and I won't know till later. I, I And I was 100% convinced that the first scene we saw with the two of them, when he was interrogating her, yeah. like, oh, this has to be a setup for the Second 31 show. Like, this has to be. But I, I mean, even now though, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. I think I should just let that go. I don't know if we're gonna know. Yeah, you're anything. gonna have to let that go if you want to enjoy it. Well, I don't know if we're gonna know. I, I don't know if we're gonna know anything by the time the season ends because, you know, does the season end as a sort of lead-in to that show? But yeah, I think that I don't know. I yeah, think I think. Let it go, I, yeah, I think I think you're. I, I get the impression that you're very convinced that we're going to get like a direct tie-in. Well, because I was always trying to find it. I know. Well, we might not. I know. We probably won't be, but because I, for the longest time, I kept saying, you know, as we were speculating, how come we don't know anything about the show? What, you know, there's no announced, there's no panels, there's no nothing like that. What, you know, what the hell? And I, and I, the best theory I could come up with was that. I think that whatever they announce for that show, whether it be a cast member outside of hers or anything, I think it might spoil something, some things uh, in the third for the third season of Discovery. I said I think I, I just have this feeling that the two shows were being sort of written in tandem to work together somehow. 
Like, I think it's somehow being set up this season. So, the, the problem is, you announce a Section 31 show starring her, but but now you can't really put her in peril too much on this show because you know that she's going to have her own. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I But that's all I can think of. That's all I keep thinking of when with her. So, and I should really stop. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, as I said, I think it's just going to be about getting her character to a different place and then she'll be ready Mm. because it seems like maybe we don't want, even if if someone were section 31, I don't think they would want the murderous emperor George O to be part of section 31. So you gotta, you gotta convince her maybe that civility is a little a little better she's gonna come around a little bit and i think that's what's is i'll happening. tell you what i really want you know what i really want i really want mean? to if this when this useless not scary osira villain shows up again i want george o to go up against her i need that to happen okay i think that would be amazing to see the two of them <clears> go at, to go at it she can sass her to death. Oh, man. What is this green skin you have? Or right. whatever. She yeah. just wants sass her. Only a few mentions of the Emerald Chain this week. They're saying, talking about how they're uh, doing training exercises. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, no, training exercises. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. It's such a bizarre. It was so bizarre because... It didn't help just, me at all. It's so weirdly this world you know yeah where like if we want to but it's also it's also a very strange diplomatic thing where you know oh we wanted to send a message to china so we'll do some training exercises with south korea just to show them so it oh, seems yeah, weird that like a criminal korea, syndicate would use then, the same tactics and then north korea freaks out yeah 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 um so i <clears throat> yeah i i i don't i don't miss the Emerald Chain, and I could care less about this, uh, the the not seeing of Osira this week. So I, I'm I'm sure we'll see her again, probably in the finale of the season. I bet I don't, you know, who knows? I'm sure it'll lead up to some sort of like small conflict with her, but I'm I'm not missing her. The Emerald Chain plot one bit. I would say that's been the the worst part of the season for me. Is the is all of that right? And um. It's it's also strange. That we've sort of we've sort of I guess um, it sort of reminds me of um, when we were talking about all the many reasons two things the many reasons why they could have they already had in the show to stop using the spore drive yeah and then the many reasons that they had um, to not talk about discovery <clears throat> or the spore drive um, and. We already sort of know enough, I would think, to know that Emerald Chain is planning to do something against the um, against the Federation. So yeah. they, they had the negotiations that broke down. They had a ship fly out of their ship that just that took out most of her ship. Right. Um, so I think the, the collision course toward the showdown is going fine. So... It it's, seems like it, we had a whole scene to add another element to it. Hey, to they're your, planning the thing. But to your point, where's the scene of 
where's the scene of our villains? Where's the scene? Where's the hypothetical scene of Osira saying, you know, we're going to attack the Federation. We're going to attack Federation headquarters. And where's the scene of them scheming? Where we, we go, know, where the audience, go, where the audience knows what they don't. With, we got one scene with her. That was that was a that was a lot for for the show. It's not something that they typically do. But that was for that particular moment. Like, wh- what's the scene? Yes, I know. Where's but the scene of that? Where's the scene? Where's the hypothetical scene of them plotting against the Federation? And we I, know, like, you know what I mean? I I wish we saw it. I really do. Maybe we okay. still will. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. I'm not gonna hold my breath. But happening off uh, screen. Um, there was one. They just thing. don't give us the, They don't give us that, and I don't know why. Yeah, nothing can be too. It's so mm, careful. It's Mark. like <laughs> it's just nothing can be too clear, right? For some reason, it's not even that we want to maintain mystery. It's just like not, we can't say anything directly. It seems to be the mantra in the writing room. Yeah. Even, and I think it was actually, so this is an interesting little microcosm. I think it was sort of summed up in Carl's character because Carl was throwing out these stupid riddles, which I thought were dumb. Like, I like the look and the feel of it, but his riddles were not, they didn't seem relevant to anything. It wasn't as if they were related to the theme of the episode or what was right. happening. Right. The vibe was just well, very um, riddle for a riddle's sake. I also thought, I don't remember if I mentioned this last week. I don't think I did. But, like, where was the moment with the Emerald Chain last week where, because as we talked about, stupidly, the big secret was, oh, they're running out of Dilithium 2, right? Now, where was that moment last week in Orbit of the Planet where Osiris' ship is nose-to-nose with Discovery, Discovery being a ship... That is plentiful in dilithium. You should know that. Where was that moment with the threat of, like, how come they didn't try? If 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 they're low on dilithium, why didn't they try to take it from Discovery? Right. And right? so yeah, yeah. I think we already we wrote we already wrote a much better the way that episode should have gone. We did. We did. But we should have destroyed the planet. One thread that. We should have warped away at the last second or one, speared away. I mean, one thread that they established last week that was picked up on again this week that we that I forgot to mention last week was um, and it's I would say it's more of a footnote in, in some ways but um, Book wanting to help the crew out because he has a quick conversation with uh, Saru this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's anything important but he's clearly volunteering himself to you know, have more of a purpose with the crew, but I mean, do you have any sort of thoughts on that? Do you, maybe you just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I mean, That's I'm just kind of like, eh. He hasn't not know. presenting us with anything new just yet. Let me check my nose. Give David a Jala something to do. I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess yeah, they're keeping him around. I suppose. I mean. If that's the only reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Looking better than Tyler. But I have a feeling it's not going to make sense. So well, the thing that would make sense is that they would say, okay, well, you got to get trained, so we're going to send you off with, uh, you know, Vance right. as a training unit, but that's not going to happen. Right, yeah. And he's going to come back, like, wearing the uniform and all trimmed up and following orders, but that's not going to happen. 
So I, I don't know. They just want to keep him around, and this is how I feel doing. like it's setting something up. I feel like he's gonna. I, I feel like we're gonna have a Millennium Falcon arrives at the Death Star trench run at the last second moment with him later in the season. Yeah, or it could be that his head glows, and since the lady has all the worms, he could take over her worms. To yeah, eat wh- why? Wh- is that going any place either? Like when we saw him do that last week in Unification Three, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Right. Yeah. I think they've set up enough elements that that would be a good way to kill her. Would be for him to get her own murderous right. worm to eat her. But don't you find so? All right, <clears throat> I have a theory about the show. I was thinking about this while I was out walking one night. I wonder if... So go with me for a second. Do you feel like oh. this show was written to be binged? And what I mean by that is <laughs> there are yeah. things that I forget about because this was established like six weeks ago. Right? Small things. Yeah. And because they're releasing episodes on a weekly cadence, if I was binging all of them in succession, there would be things that I just wouldn't forget about because I just saw it a few hours ago. Whereas and like, also... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're right. Also, think about these mysteries that we talk about. They're not mysteries. They're just giving us a little bit. Right. And then we have to wait till they give us another little bit. Those wouldn't be as frustrating if you found out an hour or two hours later than they right. are if you have to sit on them for a week because if you think about them, they fall apart or they just are not compelling. But if you get the answers right away, it would be probably more engaging. They fall apart. Or again, we, we forget about it because the show's moved on to something else. Yeah. There's nothing to think about because we don't get any clues. We just get, and I mean, I know they have the recap in the beginning, but sometimes the recap, the recap doesn't cover everything. It covers the big points, but not everything. Mm. It's certainly not going to show you. I don't think it showed you doing his, whatever power that he has. So, I don't know. Do you, is there something in that? I just feel like it's a show that's meant to be binged, and yet there's a week in between them, and it's so easy to forget about. I think things. yeah, I think that would explain that, and also yeah, the other lack of um, breadcrumbs to think about. I just I wonder how if the show would play any better if you did sit down and watch all 13 episodes in of the season in succession. Because, you know, as much as we love the wait in between them for the anticipation, I feel like it's Sometimes. become more frustrating in some ways. Because cause we're, cause think about it, we're reviewing this week to week. And we're like, yeah. like, oh my god, they only spent a few seconds on the burn this week. Or they're yeah. wasting an episode here, right? Like, it's just... And we like to theorize and, right. you know, work out possibilities where, as we've come up against often, we, we're not being given enough information to theorize or come up with possibilities. Yeah, because you're giving us a nugget, and we're just hanging on that little clue for seven days until the next until next week. But if you have everything released together, or if you're watching it all for the first time together... Like, when I watched The Walking Dead, I binge watched The Walking Dead, I had no sense of, like, oh, this was filler, or that was... I didn't say, like, oh, this is a filler, or that's filler, until I was watching it weekly. Right. So, I don't know. Just a theory. Yeah, or, or yeah. Or maybe it would be go by so fast, you wouldn't have time to see the, the flaws. 
That's true, because I'm not. I, I'm also somebody who doesn't like to binge. That was the last thing I binge because I just feel like you inhale everything, but you also can forget stuff. Yeah. So, um, but speaking of the burn, the last point to make is we did get some more information on the burn. We finally found out what that who was at the center of that distress signal, and it was coming from another Kelpian. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I thought this was a funny scene. Um. Oh yeah. So please explain the. Yeah, I remember what you said here. Oh, so <clears throat> I don't remember, but I, I, the thing I found funny about it was that clearly um, Saru's horny for some Kelpian <laughs> because <laughs> his whole vibe. Here's another thing, right? All Kelpians look the same. So I thought it was his sister. I thought he was watching hollow footage of his sister because he was doing the Michael thing. Did well, and she also thing. was wearing the white, the same kind of. <gasps> yes. So I thought, oh, he's seen what his sister's life was. Like, oh, his sister died in a, in a terrible way. But yeah. no, this was the person from the ship that's in the middle of the way to the, right. where the burn came from. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just funny because he has the hologram. And he's like, should we tell Vance? No, 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 no. All right, everybody get out of here. And then he puts it back on. You know, it seemed a little a little sus. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fact that it's Kelpians, I have it doesn't. I have no. It still did added nothing. It took nothing away. It still didn't really give us any give us anything. No. No, and yeah, I don't know if it was supposed to be significant that it was Kelpians. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's they're feeding this to us. They're feeding this to us like in morsels. And I think I had said at one point, is it because they, if they just dedicated a whole episode of the burn, they could wrap it up, and maybe that's all it is. Maybe that's why they're just trickling this out slowly. Maybe they, maybe <clears throat> unlike last time where there wasn't enough. Maybe now there's too much. There's there's too many episodes to this. So, yeah, looking forward to more of that next week, I guess. But uh, hopefully, we'll get we'll get more answers on that. But obviously, Mira Giorgio is the is the most yeah important the big, the big focus. Yeah, and I, will, I have a question for you here. So, what did you think about Mirror Mike as a character? I I mean. So, really quick side comment. I noticed that the bridge crew had more to do in, in the, as the mirror as the mirror versions of themselves, <laughs> as opposed to the prime versions of themselves. I you know what? I have a note here mm. um, about Detmer. I said that mirror Detmer has more personality than yeah than uh, regular Detmer. Because yeah, but she's in the bar and they're throwing the knife into the yep. thing on her head, and she's like, ah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was such a great scene. And mm. I, my thought really was. Why not give the bridge crew scenes like that? Because all they're doing is they're either doing their job on the bridge or they're all just smiling mm. big and saying how much they care about each other. <laughs> like, um, they need to do things together. I wasn't. I, I thought Mirror Michael was okay. Um, I I don't feel like. Sadiqo Martin Green does a good job acting that out 
I feel like, and I feel like with the mirror universe, they almost want you to be hammy on purpose because it's just so over the top. Yes. But there was that moment where Saru gives her her drink and she goes, I forget what she says, but she was like, I didn't ask for this. And it was just, it was just performed so badly. And I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. So I had that note too. At first I really hated her. I thought like, she's not good at this, but then eventually in the moment in the hallway, um, I realize, okay, she's just being campy here, and, and yeah, and I think that's the idea of the Marineverse that you need to be yeah. campy and over the top. But then I got it a little bit. But I don't think Georgia was when we first saw her in the first season as the Emperor. I don't think she was over the top. No, she isn't. She's just um, yeah. a regular kind of like very yeah. um, insulting and harsh. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> again, the the question I have is, it's cool to see all of this. But where are we going? What, what's where is this leading? I, I actually am a little surprised because I thought at one point, you know, maybe through all of it, Carl would appear to kind of take her out of it for a second. Oh, and do the like uh, ghost of uh, Christmas. Yeah. Past. Well, it's funny you mention that because, and I like this idea, but somebody had mentioned in an article I was reading, like, is this? the Trek version of, like, A Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I thought, hmm. Well, yeah, so I think where they're going is there's something about what happened there that Giorgio needs to... Yeah. It, it is very much like therapy, I think. Yeah, agreed. I like that. She had an traumatic experience. She needs to reevaluate it and think about it in a different way or understand yeah. her motivation or forgive herself or something. That's what I think. And I do have just a few fun notes from... Um, so you think... Sorry, really quick. You so you think yeah. there's something you think there's something important during like in other words, she could go back to the mirror universe, but he sent her back to that moment. There's there's, there's probably a reason why she's back at that specific moment. It wasn't like she went back to the moment she left. Like she's at that particular moment in the mirror universe history for some reason. Well definitely, because yeah. we've seen her flashbacks are over that body. Right. We've seen that she's talked a lot about my Michael, blah, blah, blah. That's right. Um, so, something happened with her, Michael. And we know that after the flashback started, she she started to treat Michael, prime Michael, very differently. So there could um, be some kind of like unresolved <clears throat> like yes. pain or trauma of that moment that this is going to kind of cure her of. That's what I think. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I'm on board with that. Yes. Now, there were some things that I thought were very silly in there. But they were fun silly, but one was all her titles. Yep. And I think they even put Rome in there. Uh-huh. That was pretty silly. Um, I like. I thought um, I was surprised at the Cirque du Soleil-like um, yep. retelling of Giorgio's life. Yep. And I thought it was interesting that they seemed to use um, Stamets, the actor, just because he's a Broadway guy, and uh-huh. it was a good place for him to use his Broadway voice. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure he insisted to do, on doing that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I really liked the on-stage, the killing of him. That was very well done. Um, and one thing I really loved, her crown, and I really loved when she walked in the room um, when they were unveiling the ship, and the the weird glow of the ship was in the middle of her round hollow yes, crown that was really cool that was excellent she, she's really got a louis the 14th vibe to her louis the 14th was the sun king in in france i really like 
Kamala's so, the son, so it's very parallels. Are she's, really good. she's obviously wearing the same costume as she wore in the first season when we first saw her as Emperor, and I really love that sword she has clipped to her side. I really, that's a really nice touch. Mm, yeah, and I do like how everyone else has the the daggers from yeah. you know the original series. Oh, totally. It works really I, well. I, so whenever like the pandemic ends. I hope to see like some really sick cosplays of her of Emperor Giorgio I think, in that costume. That'd be awesome. Oh, that would be fun. That would yeah. be fun. Uh, another scene I thought was very silly was when they're talking <laughs> for some reason. This was so odd and out of the blue, but yeah. the scene with Michael and Giorgio and they're talking about how the art and sculpture are so uh, transcendent on this planet. Mm. And so Michael lets you do like broke the hand, cut off the hands or whatever of the people, so it killed them, so they can't make any more art, and it'll be more rare. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, that was very weird because the, the strange part was when they're going on about how great the art was. Well, and it was just like it was such a mirror universe comment too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then, but as far as um, somewhat analysis, uh, I don't know if this is here, and I'm, I'll probably. Um, giving too much credit, but consider this. Mm. Think of the parallels between Osiris and George O. Okay. Osiris killed her brother, right? Yep. Without thinking about it. Killed her nephew without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And now George O is hesitating and, and realizing it's not the right thing to do. So right. I don't know why, but it seems like they're too close of situations to not be some relevance to the to them. I want to see those two on a collision course <clears throat> and battle it out. I really do. Here's what I want to see. I want to see on a collision course battle it out, but somehow Giorgio's newfound humanity is what wins the day. That's cool. But I don't know how you do that. That's mm. you know because well, it's easier to just have them have fight it out, and it's cool because they're badass, right. powerful ladies that probably would have a good fight. But I would like to see. Because then this parallel would matter because Orion Lady Osiris has given in completely to the harsh cruelty of power, whereas Giorgio has learned a lesson about I just, humanity and mercy. I, but I also take it from the second episode of the season when Giorgio shows up at the tavern and she beats. She's about to get into the fight with all of them and she says, "I'm going to enjoy this new world." And I thought to myself. We need Giorgio here because it seems like it's a world not too dissimilar from the Mirror Universe right now. Like, her Mirror Universe background would be of help in this in this new universe that they, that they find themselves in. Yes. Yeah. But then it quickly wasn't as much like that as we thought. Yeah, I know. In that particular moment, it felt that way. Yes, yes. Because there's still diplomacy and those kind of things. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm kind of excited to see the Agonizer again. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was cool to actually see the real, I mean, I say real in quotes, but the real Mirror Universe counterparts of all of them, because um, we didn't see them on the show initially. So, uh, yeah, that was cool. And I, of course, Mary Wiseman delivers as Captain Killy, um, and... Owo was particularly terrifying in the Mary Universe. Owo looked awesome. Yeah, she was like, you know, she just gives you that one look, and she was like ready to take you down. I mean, she was. Yeah, that was great. And her hair is different, and the costume. Yeah, it just she she was killing it. Yeah, 
I wish they gave her more to do. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> it's worth mentioning, useful. though. I know you don't watch the Ready Room, but the whole bridge crew was on the Ready Room that, after the episode. Oh. So we got to hear them talk. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. Um, but you did know they enjoy what, the being mirrored up? You know what else I liked about it, though, was particularly in that moment where they were having like that. They were having that party. Yeah. It's the first time, I think, in the mirror universe where you sort of get a sense of like, what's life like when they're not on duty? What do they do? When they're not, yeah, they get drunk and do dangerous things. Right, they throw knives at each yeah. other and right. Yeah, yeah, which fits very well. Right. Um, one thing I did find very weird was when Giorgio went, walked into the party, actually, and uh, she said, "A most excellent welcome," because it sounded like a, something Bill and Ted would say. Right. Most excellent. I think the only time I ever heard "most excellent" is. Uh, in a Bill and Ted movie. You know what I? You know what the episode made me think of? For some reason, I don't know why. How do you, How do you imagine they would handle the mirror universe on lower decks? Just for la- for gags. <laughs> <laughs> Purely for gags. But wouldn't you love to see a mirror uni- a mirror version of Boimler and? Oh, I like. No, I like to see is Boimler trying to pass himself off as the mirror version of yes. in the mirror universe. Yes. He'd be so bad at it. Oh. oh my god, please take us into the mirror universe in that show. And um Rutherford would Baronet. just set his Rutherford would just set his um thing to, you know, mirror or evil and that would yep. work fine. Mario would be really good at it. Oh yeah. You know, she'd, she'd become be emperor a, probably. Yeah, yeah, Tendi would probably I don't know how she would find how she would react. I feel like it wouldn't be too far off from Boimler, but Boimler you know, like we already know how he'd behave in that in that situation. He'd be yeah. he'd be awful at it. He'd be terrible. Yep. Like he'd blow their cover immediately. Yeah. Yeah, but I hope they do do that. That would be good. That'd be fun. Like he would probably like say like, um, you know, all right, well I'm gonna try to fit in, so He'd probably like go overboard and like give himself like a bunch of tattoos and like just try to make himself look, you know, too badass and it's just not working. Yeah, or or just obviously be very awkward about all of his evil things he's saying. Oh God, you know, I look, I know we're not reviewing lower decks right now, but I've just I've got to say as a side comment as we wrap this up, it really is. I, I'm actually making my way through the show again. It really is. Not only do I think the best of the new shows, but it, I, I've really settled on this is the best first season of Trek ever. Like they just they hit the ground running so quickly, and now that the season is over, those two episodes that we didn't like, they do play a little bit better now because we know that the season makes up for it. So yes. I can watch them without having to be like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It is. Um overall that, it's great and the fact that you and I were just able to have a hypothetical conversation about what how that show would go if they were in the mirror universe to me right, because the just shows how good the show is and shows that the characters have personalities right now think about it what, what, what I wouldn't have been able to do that about um, discovery really. but you know what they would do I, I gotta tell you a joke they would do they'd be like well, we're supposed mm-hmm. to give ourselves a goatee, right? Doesn't everybody... Because you have a goatee, you're evil. Isn't that... There would be like a conversation about that, right? Yeah, yeah. And does it, when Mariner would know that, no, it's a misconception. Right. <laughs> but again, as we were just saying, like, it... The fact that you and I were able to just do that 
Yes. And easily visualize. So we had no problem visualizing. Yes. What man, the, yeah. the fact that the characters are so distinct and we know them so well that we would be able to, you know, hypothesize what, how they would act there is yeah. a testament to the fact that they are characters that are well developed. Because you could ask me, like, what would Owo be like in the Mirror Universe? And uh, I don't know. It's evil, I guess. <laughs> you know, what else right. am I going to say? Tilly, I guess Tilly's the one that. Is good enough that yeah you can see Tilly, Tilly well Tilly did have to pretend that she she was not good at it so that was good Tilly's a character that has that or moment had she they've lost it a little bit but right well that moment where she had to pretend in the first season yes that was great like when was she funny. was yes yeah and like Lorca's like telling her like just to like that 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 mode that moment was fantastic um, but yeah I mean. I just, as soon as you said to me, we know what Boimler would, how Boimler would react. Like, I just began to smile immediately because I could just see it. I could just picture it so perfectly what that would be like. I just, you know, man. I yeah. mean, what is it that you think made that show work so well? Just keep it simple, stupid, mm-hmm. and give. Hmm. Uh, I guess it was a clear journey for the main character. Yeah. Everyone had very distinct personalities. Yep. That was a big one, I think. You had enough different people with distinct personalities. Yeah. For four, really four characters that got um, adequate time to develop. And they were just each distinct. Well, and, and it wasn't plot-wise that they were distinct in what they were doing. It was distinct in their their personalities, the way they interacted and things. And we we understood mm. them as, you know, people or characters. I think for me what made it work so well was that it was not it was not offensive. It was just not it was clearly done by people that love the franchise and they just wanted to have fun with it and it was able to take a look at itself and just, you know poke fun at some of the some of the tropes and I mean, you and I, I think, agreed that probably the best episode is when they made fun of the movies. And I, I sorry I didn't edit it out because I didn't want to lose it. It was so good. When we were talking about that particular moment where they were flying around the ship, you started laughing, and at one point you snorted, like, in the middle of our episode. But, oh, I know. Like, I, I'm no shame in snorting. Snorting is the sign of, of a deep, But I knew, hearty laugh. as soon as that moment came up, I knew that that was going to be, like, your favorite, because I'm like, he's probably watching this right now and just, like, laughing his ass off. Yes, yes, that was really fun. Like, you couldn't even finish the sentence yeah, when we were talking good. about that. <laughs> Their excitement, yeah, oh, man, I'm going to watch that again. Because it, yeah, yeah. it was the ramping up of the excitement to the point of total <laughs> silliness. That was, worked so well. But, yeah, I mean, again, I, I think it just reinforces just how well-established that show is because we were able to just say the characters are so established, we'd know exactly what the Mirror Universe would be like if they went, if they went in there. Yes, and how I hate to say it, but, yeah, if we thought about this crew, I don't know, Michael would cry. <laughs> uh, Tilly would be awkward, so that's good. Saru would, I mean... um uh, Stamets would actually probably eventually get on board because he's an asshole. Yeah. Deep yeah. down. And I don't know if I could say that about how Picard, how it would play out in Picard, though. That's a totally different story. But um, 
that's a story for another episode. Because yeah. for now, we should wrap it up. We, yeah, let me think as of this recording, the next episode is three days away. Terra Prime, uh, Terra Firma Part 2. Any predictions? Um, I'm sorry, I actually have one more note. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <clears throat> um, I like this change, but it was very abrupt that uh, Vance and Cronenberg were totally different characters this time. Yeah. Did you notice this? They were uh, caring. And Cronenberg said to, or no, Vance said to Saru, your crew member is drowning. And if you let her, your crew won't trust you. I have that as a note, too. I have that as a note as a great moment between the two of them, saying, like, your crew will look at you differently. Yes. Take it from somebody who's made mistakes, yeah. And then Cronenberg, too, was very um, approachable. And so Cronenberg went from the mysterious, you know, um, person that no one even knows exists. Yep. To now he's just palling around with people. So I like the change, but it did seem abrupt. Well, and I love that moment between, uh, yeah, again, I love that moment between Vance and Saru. Um, it's good to see them sort of lightening up and just being more uh, relatable and just a little bit more like down to earth. Whereas, yeah. like, you know, Vance seemed to have his shields up the whole time and. Cronenberg was extremely, and he still is, but uh, enigmatic is, I think, the best word for him. I love that word, enigmatic. It's a great word. And I also have here, is Cronenberg shady? Because I still don't know. Yeah. Is he not to be trusted? Because at first it seemed very clear to me that he was not to be trusted. And I still think he's not to be trusted, but now it's complicated it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm left wondering, as I always do, is that intentional or is it inconsistent? character development any predictions for next week's Um, any hopes predictions anything like that I hope that all this time we've spent that they've spent building up Giorgio and her flashbacks I hope that they they stick the landing so to speak that's all I just hope that they stick it because you know what I, I was not a fan of it while it was happening when we felt we weren't getting much except more and more flashbacks. But with this first episode, they've they've gotten my my interest and I'm looking forward to it. So I hope that they they um you know do it as a something significant in the character chain. You think this will be the uh, you think this will be the end of it? Um, like the end of Giorgio's the resolution of Giorgio's storyline this season. I, well, yeah, I do. I think the, this whole thing with the shifting and the and the and the anger at Michael and yeah. the fighting with everybody, I think that should all be resolved. Yes, I hope. Yeah, I hope. So. I hope so too. So we can focus on the things that some <clears throat> of the other important things. But mm-hmm. I don't. want I think focus Killy on. might be involved. My Killy might be the traitor also. Well, I. Uh, I hope it does, because I want to definitely move on to the burn, but I don't want to focus on Osira and the Emerald Chain. So... Huh. The path to the burn leads through Osiris. Yeah. Well, we've only got, I think... Um, I think we've only got, like, five episodes left. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. So... 
we've got, no, we've got four episodes left. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but it's um, you know, they're getting down on the wire here. They now yeah. they got to start moving. But I, but I also don't feel like it's. I don't feel like we're running out of time. Uh, I don't have that sense, right? Well, we, we well, we, how many episodes left? Four. Okay, and one's gonna be mirror. Yep. Mostly, so we probably won't get much development on anything there. So that's really three episodes left uh-huh. to deal with the burn and the Emerald City. <laughs> Do you know? Oh, so really quickly, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is random. Do you know that this episode was written by Alan McElroy? The teleplay was by Alan McElroy. Among his credits, he wrote Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, <laughs> which is a good Halloween film. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. What I else didn't know that he was attached to this show. That's that's crazy. He Oh, and he wrote the... He, well, he actually... And he's the one who wrote Forget Me Not. Really? Yeah. Good job, Mr. McElroy. Damn. Hmm. He did write Vampire Diaries. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't know. That. Wow, that's crazy! I didn't realize that. Interesting. He wrote the screenplay and the story for Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers. I thought Forget Me Not was someone else. <clears throat> yeah, according to this. All right. So nicely done, sir. I knew that name sounded familiar. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I guess that's that. I guess we're going to get the hell out of here. Yes, let's. Later, uh, skaters. But you can tweet us at Star Trek We Trust, and you can shoot us an email at in Star Trek We Trust at gmail.com. And we look forward to talking with y'all next week or this week I should say with part two of Terra Firma stay safe peace out everybody <laughs>